I'm Jennifer Campbell. I'm Karen Corgan. And I'm Kelsey Litchfield. Welcome to the Girls Talk Ag Podcast, brought to you by the Global Ag Network. This podcast is where we plow through the manure online and discuss what's currently going on in agriculture. From the good stuff to the rough stuff, we may not always be politically correct, but we're definitely honest. Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag Online. We have two very special guests today. Um, but first, we'll say hi to Kelsey. Hey, Kelsey. Hello, hello from rainy central Illinois. We'll say hello to Jen. Jen? Yeah, Jen's not here. She went to look at a combine for Chris, so I guess we'll forgive her at this point. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let, her, we'll let her go for this but one. It's been one of those back. days. We'll make her work extra hard next time, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, our first guest is Bristol, who has a couple of jokes for us today. Are you ready? All right, let's hear him. The first joke is, what day do potatoes hate the most? I don't know. What day do potatoes hate the most? Friday. Ah. <laughs> I was going to guess that. What type of pigs know karate? I don't know. What kind of pigs know karate? Pork chops. Pork chops. <laughs> How cute. The last joke is, what is a happy Farmer's favorite candy to eat, Jolly Ranchers. Aw, <laughs> those right. are good. Thank you for the entertainment, Bristol. I'm going to use those. Okay, and we have another extra special guest. Let's hear her voice and see if anybody can guess who it is. Hello, is anyone? Hello, special guest. Hello, how are you? Everyone, Angie is back with us for a little bit of a reunion today to give us an update about what's going on with her and the whole state of Michigan. It's getting a little crazy up there. Yeah, you could say that. Is it worse than Illinois, though? As crazy as Illinois, but... Yeah, oh gosh. Uh, I don't know. We have armed people protesting in the state house, so it's a little nuts, but what would we do if we didn't have something to talk about, I guess? So, yeah. Yeah. I think Illinois had. Yeah, I'd say we're probably too. neck and neck for who's yeah. the craziest. Yeah, they did have protesters. One of the guys who's a county attorney, district mm-hmm. attorney or something like that, that I went to high school with was down in Springfield. And I thought, oh, goodness. But yep. I don't know. Our governor is trying to get some emergency order through that he basically can dictate for the next 150 days what we can and cannot do. So it might get a little hairy here in Illinois this week. So. Yeah, we weren't already down in the dumps. We're, you know, close to close to being uh, definitely 50th out of 50. So, all right. Well, Angie, give us an update. What's going on up in Michigan? Not too much. Just keeping busy. Uh, trying to focus on, you know, a lot of different things with markets and stuff like that. And we had most of the crop in the ground and thought that, you know, we were home free because we were a heck of a lot further ahead than where we were a year ago and now we should have planted the seeds with little tiny life jackets I think but I as long as we can get past what we've got going on and kind of warm up and dry out I think guys still think they'll be okay because not a lot of it is has emerged yet most of it was put in the ground last week so hopefully we'll actually have a crop this year um that'd be nice because last year was kind of a mess so it's been keeping us busy yeah, it's iffy here. There were places that got about four to six inches of rain this past weekend. Yep. Yeah, we got four so, and a half. I don't know. I, yeah, one of the guys was changing the tires on his um, fl- sprayer, and I was like, I think you probably need to put the pontoon floaters on that thing. But 
last night it wasn't bad. I checked this morning and I was pretty happy with what, I mean, it looked like we had a lot more than what the rain gauge said, but now today, since then it's been raining steady and our pasture's underwater. Like we have this rock that's probably five feet off the ground and it's just about submerged. Like it sits on a stump, you know, and it's really tall and it's, so the horses, we call it horse island. Like they have one spot that they can go to and hang out or go into the barn. So I'll be ready for I'm I'm ready for it to wrap up. We still have five. We still have the five. Five. So, but if I, I thought maybe with the COVID, you took it more. That's I would like to, but I mean, obviously, right now I'm not gonna be able to convince Carl of anything because he's just talking about how the pasture flooded. So I'm like, but a goat they can swim, or we just let it live in the house, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, other than that, just kind of working on, on different little projects here or there and, and trying to stay, keep my nose clean, <laughs> try to stay profitable in the times of COVID. Well, at least we're an ag, so we're essential to some extent, but yeah, it's still a little bit crazy. We've talked yeah. a little bit about the milk dumping and we've also talked about the um, packing plants and yeah. And people are still, I still can't get toilet paper through Amazon, so I'm not really happy about that. I got one month out of the last four. I got many, but Carl picked but then up other places. in Northern, so we, we're lucky. We're batting. We're batting a thousand. We got like, he's like, I'm not sure how to do, calculate toilet paper math, but here's some rolls of toilet papers. So we were pretty, pretty happy with that. I got some Angel Soft at Fairway Grocery Store last week, and there was like three packages left, and I it said one per person, and I go, I was like, I wish I had someone else with me because then I could stock up, but I've been using like the toilet paper I used for like um, campers and stuff like that, the really like thin, scratchy stuff, and I've had people come over, I'm like, I'm just going to apologize for this toilet paper. I know it's shitty. I, I know that's not great, but I'm I just moved into a new house, so don't 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 judge me too hard. I'm just trying to survive. Exactly. The kids every once in a while I go in there and I find a bunch on the floor. I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah. This is that valuable. Was, I love Colton. Every now and again he'll be like he'll come out with a roll of toilet paper and be like, put that back. I don't know what you think you're doing, but get the heck out of here with that and put it back. Remember when people used to TP on purpose? Yeah, you're not gonna see that for a while. Right. No. Yeah. So that's what we've been working on, trying to survive the times of COVID. So far, so good. I mean, spring has gone relatively well. I've been working from home quite a bit, but we're fortunate enough that I still have the sitter. So she works with Fred on, on everything and keeps my sanity because that had been gone a long time ago if that weren't the case. So she lives right local and her family and, and us I mean, we already interact with each other, so it's kind of like they farm across the road and live across the road, and they're like family to us for the most part, so we kind of, Carl and I talked about it at first, because we had had two sitters, and I feel bad. The second one went to MSU, and I was kind of like, okay, until this is all over, like, I don't know what you're doing, you know, in East Lansing, so I, I kind of felt bad, but, so we limit who's coming in and who's going out, and where we go, Friday I went, or Thursday I went to the chiropractor, and I, we had to, I had to take Colton to an ENT appointment, and that was the most places I'd gone since March, and I felt like I'd, like, run away, like, I felt like I was free, even though I'm like, I should celebrate this moment with a frappe from McDonald's, like, I was on my own, but 
so yeah, that's about as good as it's gotten for me. I've just been essentially working, you know, trying to to pay, earn my keep. It looked like you were buying most of the plants out of all the greenhouses in your area in Michigan. Pretty much. That's what I, I try to do. That's my mental health. Like that's, I love landscaping. I love planting flowers, all that good stuff. So like, I, I still have a bunch more to buy this weekend, actually. Like, that's sad. I made two trips to the greenhouse this past weekend, Friday and Saturday, and I'll have to make another one Monday just to kind of try to get everything finished up. And that's not even doing the garden, which we're expanding. So, oh, <laughs> Yeah, and see, I've got the garden started, but I don't have any flowers ready. You know, yeah, I've got... So, I was jealous of your greenhouse picture. Oh, it was great. And it's only like 10 minutes south of town or south of the house here. I'd never been to it. Everyone's always like, you should check out Rose Acre. And I'm like, oh, I just always get my stuff at Horrocks or Menards or whatever. And um, I went this time and they all grow everything right there local. And I was really, really impressed. A lot of the greenhouses so. and everything are selling out right now too, because well, I went to Lowe's and they were running out plants left and right because now that people are at home, everyone's thinking, let's start a garden. Let's let's do something out in nature. And um, they're just flowers and vegetables just flying off the shelves left and right. Yeah. That's what one of the ladies said at the greenhouse is they were planning on tearing their deck off and redoing something. So she wasn't going to plant anything, but her and her husband had talked because she's not working. And she said in order to stay busy, she was they were going to postpone the deck thing for a year and she was going to plant everything on it again. So they could stay, they'd have something to do. And I was like, well, it makes sense. I like growing stuff. So, so we'll see. I usually end up growing a garden and I never use anything out of it. So this year, my goal is to actually take the time and can the vegetables that I grow and do something with my life. Because otherwise I just grow them and like throw them out, <laughs> which is so stupid. It's a lot of work and a lot of money for absolutely nothing. But I've never said that I make sense. So, so yeah. I wish I did can. I, don't, I had I so don't. many tomatoes last year. I like couldn't give them away enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, we had a bunch of cherry tomatoes. I told Carl, I'm like, make sure I only buy one cherry tomato plant, like, and that I buy like one of the good tomato plants and or two, and that's it. Because last year I had six. I don't even like tomatoes. Why did I have six plants? <laughs> like, I'm just like, it makes no sense. But I, like I said, I've never said that I have to make sense. So I guess as long as it makes but you it happy, is my favorite time of year. Yeah, that's and it does. So I I do. Tell us what Fred's up to. He is just partying. So he's walking all over the place, running all over the place now, um, which is a big change. He's crazy. Um, he's just he's a feral child is what I say. Like we stopped going to school the end of March. He got sick. The week before was when he got really sick. The week before they called school off. And so he was sick with the flu and strep that week. And he was about ready to go back. I think I we thought about sending him back that Friday. Like he'd have been okay. And they announced Thursday night that they were canceling school for the next couple of weeks. So I'm just like, well, that's just stupid. Because I knew like to go back Friday would be a, a whole production and I'd be worried about him and he wasn't really 100% ready and so he hasn't been to school since like this first week in March I think and so I joke he's a feral child like he goes to bed I mean eight still but it's not like we will 
were with a rigorous schedule before. It was like, oh, we got to get out of the house at 8.45. He likes it. He's, he was really thrown off by me working from home again. That really kind of ticked him off. Like, why are you locked into this room and I can't see you when the sitter would get here? So, but now he's kind of used to it. and He's doing good. He's chalking up a storm all the time. Stubborn as hell. Uh, he gets stubborn, more stubborn by the day. Four is going to kill, like, I know you've said that all along, like, effing fours. Like, he has hit this point right now where he is like, I can do it. And it's like, honey, no, you can't pour yourself a cup of milk just yet. You know, like, we can, I can help you, I can guide you, but you're not going to get the whole gallon of milk to dump all over my kitchen floor. <laughs> and then it's always a melt, you know, then it'll be a meltdown. And so there's been a couple times I've told customers that I'm ready to put him out by the mailbox with a free sign on him, but I haven't. He's I've heard a lot of moms say that recently. Oh, <laughs> I love him more than life itself, but holy crap. Like between him and his dad sometimes, I can't deal with the stubborn. I'm just like, they're both so stubborn and every now and again, they're just angry for no reason. Like, why are you mad? I don't know. I'm just mad. Like, so, but yeah, so he's been busy. I don't know what we'll do when the school year starts back up. Like you totally get it, Karen, you know, like the concern over what it looks like if you have a child that perhaps has, you know, trouble fighting the little things, right? Like for us with Colton, like for him, he can't tell me what's wrong. So I can only assume kind of the worst in it and get nervous and he's stubborn so he can get dehydrated easy and get fall behind really quickly if he is sick and so like the whole COVID thing obviously like I was thinking about that the other day if it were just me and I were single and I didn't have to worry about bringing it back to him I'd be I'd be at work I wouldn't even wear a mask like that would be the bulk of my you know what I mean wash my hands more wear a mask because I wouldn't have the level of concern I do about bringing that home to him and um so I don't know what school will look like I'm still I'm just like all right we're three months from having to make that decision but you know obviously we have the therapies and everything that we really kind of use at the school that are so important but it, no amount of therapy matters if your child ends up in ICU or something you know what I mean like it's just yeah so I go back and forth but I try not to think about it so it's one of those things that really kind of weighs on you a little bit is like I don't want to I'm not going to live my life in fear but as a mom you're constantly living your life in fear like let's be honest you know and so you're always kind of trying to make sure that you're looking out for those things that can cause harm and so a lot of people probably think that I'm kind of crazy in that and that's fine it's just it's how I how I feel so that thought's already you know do you just maintain like the homeschool style he's four so it's not other than the the youth interaction which we could get going to like a music school or something I don't know like I've just so yeah so that's Fred he's he's crazy I mean he's growing right along with or without school other than school's helpful in the sense that I take him I drop him off and he has to interact with people outside of the home mm -hmm. for four hours a day you know I think that's beneficial so so yeah, he's doing good, but I'm constantly kind of living in a, okay, what do we do? <laughs> mm -hmm. How do we do it? So, so yeah, that's about it for Fred. He's just a party animal. And schools are such cesspools to begin with that, you know, there's so many other germs and then you add that on top of it. So it just, yeah. yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I'm not sure what to do either. I'm 
wondering if the school is going to take temperatures, you know, when the kids walk into the school. I have no idea. And I, I mean, a lot of superintendents and stuff that I'm hearing right now are saying, uh, be prepared for it not to be a normal start to the school year on top yeah. of everything else. And so I, part of me is like, no, we need access to all of these services and everything because Colton does speech and OT and physical therapy and it's been very beneficial to him you know but then at the same time like I said I mean I don't know I don't know what it looks like so I try not to let it stress me out because I have zero control over it anyway until the first part of August when we know what it looks like mm -hmm. so I'm just kind of yeah. like maybe we'll end up doing some private therapies maybe we'll end up doing Maybe he'll go to school, but school is disgusting. Like, I feel like we, and granted, Clinton never went to daycare, so that's partly my fault, right? I didn't, I should go have him lick some more, like, door handles or Holes. something when we go out yeah. in town. To, <laughs> oh, like, what is that? To get him, like, exposed to all kinds of stuff, because he hadn't done that, you know? And so to go to school was even more of a shock to all of our systems, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I can, yeah. I'm the same way with Mara. I just can't even imagine, but, and I've heard too that, you know, it'll be okay for the first couple of weeks, but they think some of the schools will end up being closed by November. Yeah. Because that, you know, when the flu season gets higher, you know, gets, you know, mm -hmm. more in gear, but then the last two years, the school viruses have started so early. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been, my kids have been sick in September already. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Really? We made it until October. So. Look, it was October, and that was the first time Colton got sick, and then he was sick over Thanksgiving, and then we all died over Valentine's Day. Like, we were all, ugh, that was horrible. We ended up with some sort of stomach something. Carl swears it was COVID. It was, it, I'm like, we had none of the other symptoms other than stomach discomfort. Well, I read that it's, you can just, and I'm like, oh my God, just stop. What do you believe nowadays? Honestly, the CDC came out with new symptoms. I'm like, when they came out with the ones that said, um, like the loss of smell and taste, I'm like, well, I did have that. So wait, did I have COVID? I don't right. know. Um, or was it just a really bad cold? Maybe. Yeah. I guess we'll see when they do the antibody tests. Yeah. I'll be more apt to do that than a vaccine. Like, sorry, I know you're not supposed to admit that, but I'm a little bit nervous about, oh, you haven't tested the long-term impacts of this thing I'm going to inject into my body? I think I'll hold tight for a minute. I'd rather so practice social distancing. Like, <laughs> I would rather never shake a hand again than have some <laughs> sort of trial. But I'm also a bubble person, so, like, practicing, like, doing virtual meetings and things like that, like, this is my wheelhouse, man. Like, you mean I don't have to leave my house and you can't see what I'm wearing below the shoulders? Like, sign me up. And you can't hug me? Yeah. <laughs> see, it yeah. was, yeah. It, yeah, it was for me at first. And for me, I work from home anyways, part of the time because I have yeah. my own business. But I'm now just itching to get out. So I've started committed going to the office twice a week just to get out. And I think for my mental health. That's yeah. Funny. But for me, I was right there with you. I enjoyed it and I loved working from home. But now that you're forcing me to work from home, that's when I get boxed yeah. in. I just yeah. like the fact that I had a meeting this morning that I would have had to drive an hour and a half to and back and I got it all done within two hours and didn't have to leave my office. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. That I mean, that's the part that I like. I you know, I can do uh 
market to market. I miss doing market to market, but it's hard to rationalize like driving an hour and a half to Detroit, flying an hour and a half to Des Moines, driving to the studio, doing the show for a half hour, driving back to the airport, mm -hmm. drive, flying back to Detroit. Fly, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to do a half hour show and it's going to take me two days because I can't swing like the fly out, fly, you know, and, and it, so it's just been hard for me to be like, sure. Yeah, I'll come out and do that. Like I'd always thought that we would want to go out and visit Carl's kids and everything, but we haven't been able to align our schedules to where it works for us, for me to fly out there on a Friday and, you know, and then we have to pay for Colton's plane ticket too. So then you're spending, now it's cheap. I think the other day I saw we could get a flight to Des Moines for like a hundred bucks. And I was like, now's the time, but I don't want to go to an airport. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> now I'm not. So, I mean, that's been up my alley. I get to do that again and um, those types of things. So that's been nice. I'm, but, but you just but wonder how it's going to change for the future too. Like you say, like now, since you're doing stuff virtually, it's like, well, okay, when and I'm not saying it's going to be a new normal. Then you're like, well, I could just, I could just do it via Zoom or something. I don't have to fly. Like, I wonder how that's going to change things in the future that you don't have to go the distance. You can just do it virtually. Which would be nice. Budget-wise, it's going to be definitely a lot more people are going to look at keeping at least some of it to keep mm -hmm. it within budget and stuff. So, Well, it makes way more sense, I think. So I'm I'm game for it. That's what I told Paul the other day with Market to Market. I'm like, I'll be on whenever you want me to be because all I have to do is put in another hour, you know, have the sitter stay from four until five and then I'm, I'm done, you know, and then I walk out and I walk into my living room. So mm -hmm. it's much nicer than even when I lived out there and had to drive two and a half hours to Johnston and two and a half hours back, you know, it's even, even nicer than that. So and you hear a lot of businesses now, that's what they're looking at is, is making a lot of long-term changes. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I know for me, I had already said that for a while that I wasn't, last winter was the first winter where, or no, the winter before, 18, where people invited me to come speak. And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, are you within three hours? No. Okay. Well, I appreciate the offer, but here's someone that's more in, you know, and I just, the winter speaking thing is it, this past year, I said no to a lot too. Cause I'm just like, I don't want to travel. Ew. I like waking up in my own bed. <laughs> I'm a hermit now. What can I say? So yeah. So that's about all that's going on new in our existence other than my event on uh, Wednesday. Want to talk about that? Tell us all about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I woke up one day and started to think about it was the week after the weekend, you know, so that weekend happened where, you know, you started to come to the realization that we were going to be euthanizing a lot of hogs and birds and things like that. And, you know, I, we'd always kind of, as a group here at Girls Talk Ag and, and stuff like that, like, we'd always kind of talked a little bit about mental health and a lot of people had talked about mental health, but it kind of just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was in the shower and all of a sudden I was just like, there are some people that are really seriously going to be screwed up by this. Like, let's be honest. Like you can sugarcoat it and be like, Oh, well, they're farmers and they are used to this and they're blah, blah, blah. And it, no, there's no, I'm sorry. You just raised 500,000 hogs you know what I mean? You're going to have to be present while we do whatever we have to do to get rid of them. I mean, that's, 
and you know monetarily and and you turned on the news and the ethanol plants were all shuttering and and you know all of these things and it, you can say what you want to about the media and stoking fear or, or what have you but the reality was it was a really shitty time like it was it still is i'm not saying it's better but it it just kind of hit me that there are a lot of people that are going to need to talk about what's going on that aren't necessarily comfortable with talking about what's going on right like it's it's really easy to be like it's okay not to be okay and i'll run into a lot of farmers that are like yeah i, I talk to this therapist or i do this or i have this and i've evaluated and i know that it's you know i know that this is my coping mechanism and this is how i better make decisions and blah blah, blah. there's a group of those types of farmers but there's a lot of farmers out there that are also just kind of like well it's just always been this way it'll always be this way and this is what I have to live with and you know I kind of got to thinking about how do you reach those people um you know and it happened to be right after and this sounds I hate to even bring this up as a, a part of it but it happened to be right after there was that list that was released with the the top 10 influencers uh for ag twitter and I happened to be on there and I'm just like if I'm influential in any way, like it should be in a, in a good way, right? Like you should be able to influence a conversation that you may not otherwise be having. And so to me, that's the only thing. And so I was like, I need to come up with some way to have this conversation with people and to normalize it and to make sure that, you know, if it's, what is normal, what isn't normal, what's expected, you know, when you're dealing with these types of stressors and this, this heavy of a mental load. And so I just put out on Twitter, like, who would you recommend to speak? And I had a handful of people, I had a ton of responses, but I had a handful of people reach out to me via DM and say, you know, I would love to, to speak if you need someone, or I'd love to be a part of whatever, just let me know. Um, Nathan Brown was one, and I don't know how familiar you guys are with Nathan, but he's very, um, important and, and very much out there uh, in Ohio with Ohio Farm Bureau and very willing to share his story on his struggles with mental health and just kind of help, you know, facilitate that conversation. He's created a peer group on Facebook, Farmer to Farmer, where they can go on and, and everyone can kind of chat with one another. I guess that that's had an alarmingly positive response. Um, Jason Meadows does mm -hmm. Ag State of Mind, which is also on the Global Ag Network and uh, is a very big part in that. He messaged me, Adrienne DeSutter, who you had on last week, Yep. Um, reached out and she has got a background in, in mental health, um, you know, in, in more of a clinical sort of way. And then she's married to a farmer and she's helping uh, on the farm. And uh, um, she reached out and then I had um, Catherine, and I can't remember her last name for the life of me, so she can be mad at me if she wants, but she's a young lady that has been dealing with a lot of stressors. She's a farmer, and she farms with her brother and her dad, and she can, she has a ton of stories to share on what that experience has been, um, you know, and then we actually were able to really kind of bring in Emily from the University of Minnesota Extension, um, and Eric uh, is from MSU, Michigan State University Extension, and then Monica, I, she, I had done a podcast with her a while ago, um, Monica Jean's her name, and she's just, a, she's a, she's a crop, or fields crop uh, expert, or however that works through Extension, um, and we had done a podcast together a while ago, 
And I just reached out to her because someone had said that extension had some resources and she's taken this ball and ran with it. Thank God. Cause I am technically inept. Uh, I would never have been able to come up with a webinar structure or a registration structure or anything like that. And so we've basically put together this town hall style round table um, that we'll be having on Wednesday, May 20th at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern noon central. And, you know, we had said it was going to be a straight from the tractor style event. So, cause at the time we were putting together it was three weeks ago and a lot of the guys, the folks that, you know, we're kind of interacting with are like, you're going to be in a planter or you're going to be planting. Are we going to be, you know, what does May 20th look like? And so for us here, we're going to be straight from the canoe um, because it's wet and gross and everything like that. But, um, you know, Adrienne released the questions, sent the questions out today. And you know, like I said, the main thing is I just want to have this conversation to reach out to those that may not, like it's, it's not about mental health. Cause I think there's always this idea that mental health means mental illness. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's more like understanding what a heavy mental load is when you're overwhelmed. When do you have to shut down? What are your coping mechanisms? What are red flags? So you can see them in yourself, your spouse, your family, uh, your friend, you know, um, and just kind of try to, to just make that conversation happen um, and, and hopefully help people. I mean, that's, that's my main goal in all of this. Well, it's a way for them to watch and get help without anyone really realizing that mm -hmm. they're doing it. It's at their own disposal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have registration set up through MSU, but honestly, like, aside from your email, you can put Joe Farmer. Like, you don't have to be who, you know what I mean? Like, you, if you really want to remain anonymous and, and seek these resources and ask these questions, whatever they may be, you can. And it doesn't have to be um so much of a spotlight on on who you are either like it just allows for this open um dialogue will it be recorded and posted later so people yeah. can catch it if they're not they're busy on wednesday yep. yep so if they're busy on wednesday it'll be recorded posted later um just about everywhere we're doing it via zoom i believe um msu has set it up because they've been gracious enough to just really kind of put it all together um, Monica, we had some additional folks, farmers that wanted to, to share their story, just their experience and, and what um, they had done to deal with, with their mental health um, struggles or mental load or whatever they may be. Um, so we had several farmers that kind of wanted to join in on that. So we've created kind of this prep video um, that we'll put out tomorrow that kind of gives everyone these stories and what their advice is. and um some stuff like that too to just kind of um you know really bring it all for full circle so we've hopefully i wanted it when i first started i said i want it to be an event and now granted we may have put the date too soon and we saw do more egg had you know i all i decided that i needed to do this on like a tuesday well do more egg had a their event a couple weeks ago um and so I wanted to make sure we weren't stepping on their toes, you know, obviously. Um, they had their event on Thursday, so I wanted to help them get that information out. And then um, we had the market to market event last week. Um, so that's helped. But now we're gonna be in like full blown full blown Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning push mode of trying to get folks set up and registered and um, able to to take part in this if they wanna be.
just think of the what might come out of this like you have this conversation and people hear this and maybe they'll prompt them to have their own groups of some kind we talked about that with adrian last week about how we just need more connection points and we kind of talked about you know like happy hours or coffee shop hours or things like that but i think this just provides the environment and encourage this encourage them to do this maybe and have their own group that they can talk with um, about what the stressors in their life can be yeah and what i find is so many of them think that they're you know it's only them and that was a big thing in 2019 they thought they were the only ones making you know decisions they didn't expect to be making and and i mean it was widespread across most of the corn belt and they just still felt like it was just them so mm -hmm. and i think that's part of it is that you know in agriculture we are so we're, we're we've been practicing social distancing for ever right and so it is kind of a lonely sort of place and and one of the other things i think we have is is it's generational you know how mm -hmm. your parents tended to handle stress um is how you handle stress and so let's be honest like there are a lot of parents that you know in the generations prior that weren't great at handling stress and having conversations about what's going on you know having an open line of communication perhaps with their children that are old enough to see that something's wrong but not necessarily able to figure out what it is you know how do we how do we facilitate that discussion you know how do we battle decision fatigue like it's hard to continue to make decisions over and over and over again especially if you feel like you're in a hole you know there are a lot of farmers out there that are having that are going that they're either having or they're going to have to make some really tough decisions soon about rented land or continuing to expand or you know any of that sort of thing and uh um you know i think it's important to kind of try to to front run that and have a conversation about how you can can you know understand how your mind works when it comes to making decisions and things like that mm -hmm. yeah we had one more topic that we wanted you to bring up and that's you were talking about doing an online grain merchandising class hmm. yeah yeah so we'll see we'll see how that works so i am kind of one of those people that i always have these great ideas and i lack um follow through so at this point i'm kind of like i'm going to say this so it kind of becomes it's out into the universe and so now i can't walk it back and i'd introduced it to my peer group you know we have that virtual peer group once a week that meets um and i had a good amount of reaction on that side and so yeah basically we're going to take and i want to teach farmers you know all of the things that i've kind of so i've always kind of thrown it out piece by piece on twitter and stuff like that like you know what's the important how do you read basis how do you do spreads what are you looking at on this that and the other thing and you know some of it may come out and be totally greek to some people so i i really just wanted to start with the basics and kind of explain how someone in my position makes decisions when it comes to trading cash grain and you know how that can help a, a farmer kind of go over basis and understanding uh cost of carry and what spreads are and what they mean and what how they trade and you know um you know how you can stay relatively decently hedged and manage your risk and and stuff like that so we're going to do that that's going to be a virtual class um leaning toward, take it. you want to take it 
Yeah, all that is like way over my head. And that's one part of the whole thing that I don't get. And so yeah. I need like the basic mm -hmm. kindergarten version just so I, I understand. I need a refresh course. I took a took a course in um, at U of I that kind of went over it, but I felt like I wasn't really digesting it at the time. So I think it'd be a nice refresher course as well. well I think hard to have someone try to teach a course that's not actively doing it either because it's mm -hmm. really kind of one of those things where you can say okay well you obviously would trade this in this hypothetical world you would trade blah 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 basis after this spread and it's like okay but that's it's never that easy right it's never <laughs> like oh this happened and this happened and now I'm done I mean it's it's sincerely you know portions of the trade that we do like you'll put a hedge on for my growers you know in February and then maybe we trade the spread last year we trade the spread early in like June um and we didn't put basis on until the following February or something like that so how does that work uh for a grower and how do they make those decisions to hold or sell or so yeah and I mean I've always kind of had this dream of having it be a secondary business right where eventually I figure out a way to kind of come in and, and I, I do this. I, I have these classes that people can sign up for. So my first one's going to be my guinea pig. It's, there's no cost. It's just, if you're interested in signing up, you know, you get a hold of me and I have a syllabus and I have a book that we're kind of working out of and we're just going to kind of go through and see what it looks like and I may suck. I may be the world's worst teacher and will never speak of this again. Um, or maybe it works out well and people learn something and it, it becomes something. But, you know, I really want to try to help uh, growers and I constantly am getting that, you know, all the time. Like, well, I just don't understand this. And it's like, well, read this book. Well, this book is over my head. Well, of course it is. Like, I mean, any book that's out there right now, unless you can actually get hypo or like, real life examples mm -hmm. um you can read it until the cows come home and it's still not going to necessarily make sense like what is this how does this fit for me and so that's what i want to try to do is kind of start you know like in the syllabus we start with basis what is it how is it set you know how do you watch it what are the indications of whether it'll get stronger or weaker what the hell does stronger or weaker mean like that's a lot of times i'll see people get that backwards um, you know, they weakened basis. Well, what do you mean? Well, the number got closer to zero. Well, if it's negative, that's, they strengthened it, you know? So, it, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, nuances and stuff. So that's, that's my second project. I was kind of going to do that in the month of May. Like that was my first, like starting the end of April. I was like, this is what we're going to do. I'm so excited. And then I got to thinking, I'm like, everyone's in a planter. Like you can't, spend any time learning if you're trying to plant, you mm -hmm. know, for one. And then I had the, you know, the, this week, the, the unearthing, you know, mental health and agriculture sort of like event thing hit. And I'm like, all right, well, this will give me something to keep me busy because I'm not busy enough. Um, this will give me something to keep me occupied through the month of May. And then after Memorial Day, we'll do the, the class. So yeah, so that's my new invention. If anyone's interested in joining, just shoot me an email. Well, I think it's good for not just farmers, though, because there's so many other portions of ag that want a piece of the farmer's pie that yeah. they have to understand how very little of a pie that is to begin with. And so I think it could work for professionals, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we're opening that door to professionals, you know, and um, 
that's the other thing I think. I think there's a lot of originators that learn how to originate, which is buying the grain, um, but they don't necessarily understand the other pieces of it that definitely help the farmer make a more informed decision too. And so I have several um, originators uh, or young merchandisers that want to join in as well. And I'm totally game and helping people, you know, learn more. And if I find the right people, I'm totally game and hiring them to run their run a merchandising book for me, you know, in a different state or something like that. So I have a lot of different little things that I'm hoping to kind of have come from this. And so we'll see, but yeah, if uh, anyone's really interested in getting started, um, you know, just shoot me an email or hit me up on Twitter. And what's your, uh, what's your email and Twitter handle? A Setzer uh, at citizenselevator.com. And my Twitter handle is some chick on Twitter. Oh, it's got us a train. If you haven't found me on Twitter, it's probably best that you just stay away at this point. So, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That, that sounds like a cool project. I'm excited. I'm interested. Definitely interested. All right. Well, we'll get you signed up. Thanks for coming back on and giving us an update. We hope that you'll pop in from here now and then. Yes. I'm always game. Just shoot me an invite and I will be here. So I am a jack of all trades and master of none. So whatever you want to talk about, we can, we can chat. All right. Sounds good. And don't forget it's May 20th is the mental health event that she has been talking about. And we'll make sure that we put it on our Twitter um, from hers and make sure that if you don't catch it live, that you can catch it um, recorded too. So thanks for being with us this week. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Everybody have a good week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next time for another episode of Girls Talk Ag. And if you can't wait until then, connect with us on Twitter.